Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Palm Sunday. It's a good day. We are continuing our series in Luke. And, and as we're talking through it, we're going to talk through, we've been bouncing around a little bit in Luke because um, it's weird to talk about the birth of Jesus on Easter. Just not, doesn't, it's not quite right. So uh, we're, we're in the gospel of Luke. If you don't know, Luke is a guy who was not a disciple. Luke was a doctor And he investigated these stories of this resurrected Jesus. And in the process of checking it out, he becomes a believer. It's it's a really cool story. Um, But we're going to talk in Luke 19 about this day, Palm Sunday. What does that mean? Um, Does it mean everybody gets a high five? No. Uh, Does it, we don't have palm branches today. Some years we do, we don't this year. But... um, and it's the lead up, it's the beginning of what is called Holy Week, right? And if you're Catholic, you really know, right? Any, any, any former Catholics in here? Or, yeah, you get it. You're like, Holy Week, why don't you have service every week? Because they use this gym, and it's just awkward to have service while people are playing basketball. So, so um, we would if we could, but we can't. Um, so, so uh, but we are here, Good Friday, 7 p.m., 5 p.m. set up for those who want to help set up. 7 p.m. service, and then we get to leave it up through Easter Sunday. We are super excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal for us. You're like, well, that's normal, right? It's not for us, so we're excited. Um, but, but it's this time of year that a lot of people, like, there feels like an anticipation. And, and that's, it's partially because of spring, summer, but I think it's more than that. I think it's the z- design of God of when he came and when he rose. Uh, when he said, death is defeated no more. That he crushes the enemy permanently forever. And, and, and it's, this, it's this thing that you're just excited about. And it starts with Jesus riding in on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. And people just freaking out in a good way. Um, and it made me think of like, have you ever think of, thought of a song that just kind of transcended? Just an amazing song. I asked the team to come up with maybe a few examples, songs that you just can't forget, right? You got one? You guys have one? Go ahead and, go ahead and play it. Yeah, turn the volume up because that helps. I found, Right? If it's a song I'm thinking of, that's a long intro before you get to the song. Yep, that's a song. Right? Anybody know? Name the song. Final Countdown by Europe. If you don't know, it's because you're under 40. Okay? All right. That's a song. Is this Achy Breaky Heart? Oh. You broke my achy, breaky heart. 
All right, that's good. I can only take so much country. Yeah, now this transcends every genre there is, right? I put this up on April 1st. If you caught my link, it was a Rick Roll, right? So good. I, and who remembers the first time they were Rick Rolled? Anybody? Yeah, it was a rough one. The first time I was ever Rick Rolled, I was like, what? So I got Rick Rolled again because I hit that link three or four times thinking something's wrong. And, and Rick Astley was right, something was wrong. But honestly, songs that go across all the genres, that does, that goes beyond. The first time I heard this song, I can only imagine, was before this version was released. It was back when Mercy Me was just a regional worship band. And it was at my friend's, my best friend from Bible college's dad's funeral. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Do you remember country artists started picking this song up? That might have brought back uh, uh, Achy Breaky's career, but he didn't do it. Um, you know, I was telling John, actually, this morning, I think Amy Grant, she had bought the rights to this song before they had, had come out with it. I think she spent something like $50,000 to record this song with the London Symphony Orchestra. She heard their version, and she threw it out and gave it back to him, said, mine doesn't compare. And, you know, every, if you don't know, you know, that's a song about his dad when his dad passed um, and his mom, his mom passed, you know, um, and and uh, and he grew up with an abusive home. If you have never seen the movie, I can only imagine it really is phenomenal. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty cynical when it comes to Christian film uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, and I would tell you, I can only imagine it's a phenomenal film, really excellently done, great portrayal of that story. But that's a song, right? Even, you may have tired of it, right? They even asked Bart Millard, the lead singer of Mercy Me, so what do you think about having such a famous song? And he goes, you know, I'm really humbled and grateful, but if you would have told me, I'd be singing it for the rest of my life, <laughs> which is true, right? You know, you can't go anywhere and not play or sing that song, but there's something about it, right? There's something just so amazing about that song. It's anointed, it transcends, it, it goes beyond. Or, or maybe you can pull this one up for me really quick, guys. Do you guys remember years ago, do you remember what Hillsong's first big song was? Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Before Mighty to Save, before all the others, was shout to the Lord. This song put Hillsong around the world and they're facing hard times right now. I'm not judging their church or their pastor or their leadership. I'm grateful for their ministry. They've got to figure that out. But this song, if you don't remember, this song, they sung it on American Idol on national TV. These are not Christians and a group of the singers on American Idol were singing this. I'm not sure, but I think it was sung during like a major football game too. Different ones. Why? Because something about the song goes beyond. It takes over. Right? There's something about it. 
It doesn't matter how good or how bad. You can play the song with a kazoo and you're still like, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like, I like that. I enjoyed that. It's just too good. It's just too much. You know, it's worthy of going past every genre of all the barriers. That's the moment that Jesus walks in on the donkey in the city. He blows past all of that stuff because people are so overwhelmed with who he is and how worthy he is. They're overtaken. They're overtaken by the joy, the majesty, the wonder. You ever been in that place of worship where you just worship and everything just fades away, just drifts off? And if you haven't, let me encourage you, one day you'll get there and it'll be unbelievable. One of those moments where you just can't stop. I remember, I'm going to ask you to pull one more song. I'm sorry, don't hate me. This was another Mercy Me song. It's on their second album. It wasn't as good as the first. But the song, uh, you guys remember the song, Word of God or Word of God Speak? You guys remember that? One of the first times I ever heard that song, I, we were driving. I don't even know why. I think we were visiting our friends. We were driving from Amory back to Madison, Wisconsin. Four-hour drive. And I popped this in. I think I, my brother Joe had given me the album or something. I hadn't even listened to it yet. And this came on, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just nails me. So much so, I am like weeping, just weeping at God's presence. I just can't. I mean, I can't handle it. Like, I'm like, this is messed up. I, and you can ask my wife. I had to pull over because I couldn't see the road. Because I'm so hit by God's presence. And you know what? I can't say in that moment, like, this happened in my life, and I was changed. I, I don't know. I just hit by God's presence, just in awe. Just like, wow. You are who you say you are. You are worthy. And that's this moment. Jesus is at the last week of his life, and he knows. Nobody else knows, but he knows. For everybody else, this is the beginning of a holy week. They're thinking that way, but they're thinking about Passover. They're not thinking about Good Friday and the resurrection. They're thinking about, hey, God delivered us from the Egyptians. We celebrate that. So Luke 19, if you got your Bibles, go there, verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, The Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead and found it, just as he told them, as they were untying it, the colt, Its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road, 
When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side. They'll dash you to the ground and you and the children within your walls, they won't leave one stone on another because you didn't recognize the time of God's coming to you. The verse I want to I say, though, that I want to zone in on, which is not normal. You know, most people zone in on Hosanna, and let's talk about that. And in this version of Luke, it's the only gospel where they don't say the word Hosanna. It's in all the others, but it's implied here. God, save us and come be with us. But I want to zone in on the part where they said, hey, keep them quiet. And Jesus says, listen to me. If they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And I think of Jesus saying that like an action star when he walks in the room, like, you know, one of those cool lines at the end, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. You know, that moment where you're just like, ooh, that was cool. <laughs> I don't know if he said it that way or not. The Bible doesn't say that. But, but notice, it says, it says there they're praising him for the miracles they'd seen. What had they seen? Well, not that long ago, Jesus raised a man from the dead. That was kind of a big deal. His name was Lazarus. People knew he was dead, and Jesus raised him. He had healed 10 lepers. Just a side note, those who are like, well, Jesus would have got the vaccine. I don't know if Jesus would or wouldn't. What I do know is Jesus went where unclean people were and put his hands on them and wasn't afraid. He healed blind Bartimaeus, and one of the biggest things, he changed the heart of a tax collector, a guy named Zacchaeus, which in their time probably was as big of a deal, maybe bigger than raising Lazarus. See, because Lazarus, that could be conjecture, right? He wasn't dead. He was just sleeping. Maybe that's just a rumor. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and they watched a guy who went around and stole money from people on behalf of the government to make himself wealthy and turned it around. See, tax collectors in that time, they were like traitors to their people. They they, They worked for the Roman government. They were under Roman occupation. They were hated. They served Rome, and yet Rome hated the Jews. They tolerated them. So they worked for Rome and rejected their own people, and when they would collect taxes, basically what they do is they'd throw on extra. If Rome wanted five, Zacchaeus could say, I need ten. And then he'd keep the five for himself, give the other five to Rome. And they knew this went on. They all knew this. And they watched Zacchaeus get transformed and say, I'm going to give half of everything I have away and try and pay it back, and Jesus has changed my life. Man, like, we heard about a guy being raised from the dead, but 
Zacchaeus I knew. I knew what he did. And he's different now. So when Jesus enters the city on a donkey and they start freaking out, like, praise him. He's worthy. And so he says, go, go get the donkey. Go, go find the donkey and then, and then just tell them, hey, untie it. The, the Lord needs it. And I imagine uh, that's a tough one, right? Somebody says, hey, I want you to go take this thing, steal this thing for me. And if they say why, just say, you know, Pastor Brian wants it. Right? If I was like, go to Ace Hardware, bring me back a lawnmower. <laughs> a riding lawn, the best one they have. $3,000. What? What? And, and when you break the chain with the bolt cutters, tell them, Pastor Brian needs it. You know what would happen? You'd be arrested, and I think Thrive Church might make the news too. That's what's going to happen. But they're like, all right. And Jesus' story had been so pervasive that when they show up and say, the Lord needs it, that moment of awe shakes them. And they're like, okay, take it. Matter of fact, this donkey may not have ever actually been ridden. It could have been a donkey that was reserved for royalty. It's one of the very few moments in Jesus' ministry where he acknowledges, I'm the king. The king doesn't need to spend his whole ministry saying, I'm the king, when he knows it. But he does take a moment, and he does tell the world, I am the king. I'm who you've been waiting for. And they're fine with it. They're saying, take it. Take this cult. Matter of fact, it says it had more than one owner, which probably implies they were poor. Two different owners owning one animal and trying to serve it. Not the best animal either. This wasn't a white stallion. And they were willing to just give it up, take it. Why? Because when you truly meet Jesus, you are willing to surrender everything. When you meet him, I mean really meet him, you don't hold anything back anymore. You're not like, well, you know, Jesus, come on into my heart, but uh, let's take it easy, okay? You know, I, I, don't, I don't do this in worship. That's for, the, that's for the people really about God, you know? Let's take it easy, you know? I don't, I mean, I pray, you know, at night by my bed sometimes if I can't sleep. You know, but that's, that's a lot of times the, but when you meet him, you really meet him. When you know he's the Lord, the king of kings, the one, you don't hold back. You don't say, well, hold on, wait a minute, stop, right? It's kind of like this. If, if you were to be blazing down the road and a police officer were to pull you over, now we can all have attitude about that. Most of us don't, right, because we're smart. Like, uh, you'd be nice to police officers because you want them to be nice to you. Right? But if that police officer becomes agitated enough, pulls you out of the car and pulls his gun out, you know what? Usually, most of the time, we're like, yeah, whatever you need. Go ahead, look in the trunk. Here's my ID. Can I, can I get you coffee? Right? Because in that moment, their authority is on display. 
They understand in a moment, Jesus is Lord. Take everything. Here, God. We've often made it about man and not Jesus. I can remember times shoveling rock for my church that I worked at. And being like, I shouldn't have to do this. And when the Lord speaks to you and says, you're not doing it for them, you're doing it for me. And the Lord rebuking me, saying, shovel with everything you've got because you're doing it as unto me. And let me ask you, in your life, have you really met him? And is he that worthy? Is he that worthy that you take it, take everything? This is valuable to me, but in comparison to you, it's, I got nothing. It says they, they, they praised him. Uh, other versions say with palm branches. This one says they laid their coats down on the road. This emphasizes the idea of royalty with the palm branches, but I want to focus on them taking their coats off and saying, here, Jesus. Now this is a holy week, and they believe in being unclean and clean. If they take their cloaks and their coats, and they put it on the ground in front of Jesus so that his unclean animal doesn't even touch the ground, they're about to make themselves unclean going into a time of consecration where they're supposed to be ceremonially clean. But they are so in awe of who God is, cleanliness and, and dignified uh, presentation doesn't matter. They're lost in who Jesus is and what he's doing. Second Samuel chapter 6, that happened with David. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David... So they hadn't had the ark of the Lord in the city for a long time. That held the Ten Commandments, and it held Moses' rod and, and several other things. It was, it was, and they kept it in the holy place. It was where God's presence seemed to reside. It was, you know, if you, have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's, it's awesome, okay? All right, it's not exactly accurate, but it's a pretty cool movie. Okay, all right, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he'd finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord's armies, Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. And all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David reported to Mike, retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord, who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. 
David was willing to look unclean for the sake of abandoned worship. He didn't care. All he was consumed with was Jesus, was God. He's restoring us. He's moving in in his people. Same thing's true in this moment on Palm Sunday. Now, we know many of those who laid their cloaks down and said, praise be to the name of the Lord, Hosanna, those people on Friday were saying crucify him. But in that moment, Jesus' kingship and lordship is real to him, and they're like, I don't care if I'm unclean. I don't care how stupid I look. I don't care what my coat looks like when this is done. Worthy. He is worthy. Look at what he's doing. Look at who he is. And you know, he doesn't come in on a stallion. He doesn't come in on a sword. He doesn't come with a crown on his head. He comes in low on a donkey. And even there, they know who he is. Sometimes it's like that in our lives when God speaks to us. He whispers to us instead of shouts. But even the whisper stops all the things. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for letting me hear your voice. And that really is. It's amazing to hear the voice of the Lord, to stop in your tracks, to, to, to just be in wonder and awe and adoration and say, God, here, take it. You know, the Christian life is kind of like this. We come to Jesus and we sign, if we're the house that he dwells in, we sign over the deed of that house and we say, here, Jesus, take it. But then when we let him in, we've still got locks on every door. (laughs) And we slowly let him into other things. And then occasionally we let him in and after a while we're like, get out of that room, let me close that back up. (laughs) That was good. That's a little too much, Jesus. No, we don't go in that room. I do things in that room you don't want to know about. That's what we do. And yet when we get revelations of him and really understand who he is as the Messiah, the one, the worthy one of all we can bring, there's no locks anymore. Go in everywhere you want. I don't even care if that means I'm exposed, if that means I'm judged. Go in everywhere you want, Jesus. Have at it. When we really meet him. What are you willing to lay down to Jesus, even if it makes you look bad? If it makes you uncomfortable... There's a great song years ago I was listening to on the way home yesterday. I took my kids. We went to a wedding. My, uh, my uh, aunt got married, and we're driving back. It's an old song from down here, uh, which doesn't even exist as a band anymore. But there's a great sacrifice in paradise were in the plans that you made. Sacrifice are in God's plans, but they're often not in ours when it comes to our follow. We don't like sacrifice, especially not in the American church. We give out of our excess, not out of our need. And I'm not talking just financial. Some people can give a lot, but they don't show up. (laughs) And some people will show up like crazy, but they'll never give a dime. We're all guilty somewhere, including me, 100%. 
But what when we get that revelation of who he is and what he sacrificed for us, suddenly there's no such thing as sacrifice. He, it's all yours. And yet there's those who don't want it, right? What did it say? The Pharisees said, tell your people to stop. Some people despise God's praise and despise the worthy one. And it can be a lot of different reasons. Pride, selfishness, jealousy. All the reasons are there. Michael, in that story with David, was that way. See, she was the former king's daughter. And she's like, hey, you're the king. You can't behave that way. We are royalty. Do you get it? And David's response was, I am the king. And I recognize who the king is. And this is nothing in comparison to who he is. Other versions say, I will be even more undignified than this. You were embarrassed on this? Keep watching. (laughs) I am going to so embarrass you in my worship. What's funny is we'll worship, and we're holding on to that front row like we're going to fall off a ride. (laughs) And like, we do this, like, man, I am taking a step of faith. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, and we do one of these, and like, oh, man, the Holy Spirit's all over him. Look at that. Wow, that guy. Oh, two hands up. Look out. Look out. Holy Spirit's falling down, right? Somebody goes on their knees like, okay, I can't even go to this church anymore. Weird. Freaks. <laughs> right? And it's the same people who let some stranger put a wafer right on your tongue. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> like, I've always looked at that. I didn't grow up Catholic, but I always look at that like, man, I don't know where this guy's been. <laughs> I know, I'm not trying to insult you. I was at a Catholic wedding yesterday. There's a lot of reverence. I love how the Catholic Church honors the church and honors communion in, a, in such a way that we don't, we try to, but we don't get there. But I'm still a little bit like, I understand he's supposed to be the man of God, but does he use hand sanitizer? Because I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But, right, it's honestly, it's just differences. But the truth is that moment where you'll receive reverence and honor and communion or that other moment where that person will go to their knees either way it's a lack of saying who cares about my dignity I am worshiping the Lord I don't care about the germs I don't care I don't it's him because when you are nailed by his presence you're not seeing what everybody else is seeing you're enamored with him who he is doesn't even mean he's doing anything for you in that moment. It doesn't mean you're being healed. It doesn't mean he's giving you all kinds of revelation or, 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 or the direction for your life or who you're going to marry. or like It may not be any of those things. It's just he's just there. And there's nothing you can say or do. You're just aware that God's presence is in the room. And that's enough. I don't need anything else. He's here. You can have my coat, you can have my cult, you can have my, you can have my everything. Because you are worthy. I don't care about being embarrassed. He says, even the rocks will cry out. 
Even the rocks will cry out if, if we're silent. Why? Another verse in Scripture says, all creation groans. Romans 1 talks about how it is evident before us that God is the creator. It is obvious to the human condition that there is a creator. And if you deny it and reject it, you are, you are, you are cutting off your nose to spite your face. It is plain and in front of us that there is no way this is chaos and accident. All of creation, right? How many here have ever been to the mountains? Anybody here ever seen the mountains? I mean, it's breathtaking. I've been there numerous times. I've been to the Rockies more times than I can remember. I don't ski, so don't ask me why I was there. But <laughs> I can't. Uh, but we have been there, and it's, it, I mean, it's something. Matter of fact, there was a, there was a time uh, several years ago, our family was very blessed with a scholarship for a vacation to a place called Wind River Ranch. If you're wealthy and want a great Christian vacation, I'm telling you, go. If you're not, you probably won't make it because it's expensive. But we were blessed very much to go. It is in Estes Park, the highest part of the Rockies near Denver. And, and it's, a, it's a Christian ranch, horse ranch. And, and they prepare your meals all week and you stay in your own cabin and, and, uh, and, and it is phenomenal. They do a devotion every day against the backside of the mountains and then you can ride horses in the Rockies and they are the best, I, I, I'm not very versed, but the best horse trainers I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. And, and one of the guys, uh, I remember, I have, I have horse issues, it's a long story, but horses and I, I don't ride them and they don't do mean things to me. We're, we've made a peace. But, but in, this, in this instance, it was like, we're gifted, I, I've, I'm gonna have to ride a horse at points this week. There's no way I can't. And I remember telling them, I'm like, as they're, they're kind of trying people out with their horses and what they like, and they're like, sir, and I was like, I need you to come here. And I just had to give them the down, like, here's the deal. And this is my issues and stuff. And they're like, oh, I got the perfect horse for you. And they bring out some giant, black, beautiful, liquored up horse that just, that just, was not, wasn't going anywhere fast and didn't care what happened to him. And they put me on him, and I mean, and it was great. And I rode him two or three times that week. And, and, uh, and, it, and the last morning, they do this thing where you ride like an early morning ride through the mountains, and then everybody descends down into this little valley where they made a giant outdoor breakfast for everybody to have together, and they do a devotion. It is phenomenal. And, uh, and make giant pancakes like this big and cut them up for people. It was, it was awesome. But even there, can you look at the mountains and not see that they cry upward? God is worthy. They are literally pointing to him, the creator. Can you look at, look at your lawn. It doesn't grow down. It doesn't grow out. Why does creation always move upward? Because creation groans to praise him. To lift him up. We grow up, not down. Ideally, we grow up and not out. <laughs> right? If we're doing it right, I have not done it all right. But, 
But that's, that's the idea, right? And what happens, right, when death starts approaching? We literally go back down, right? Sometimes the older you get, the smaller you get because the grave and gravity starts pulling us back. But we know that God wins and we go to him. But this is what it is. Animals, right? All of creation demands by its very nature to praise and honor the one who is worthy. The rocks will cry out, but the thing is, they do now. Creation worships him now, and we're just so in and of ourselves, we don't even recognize it. It's not because it isn't plain. It's because we refuse to believe that there's a creator because it makes us look at something besides ourselves. It forces us to realize I'm not worthy. But the better part is when you know the one who is worthy, it's so much more worth it. Suffering now has meaning. The things you sacrifice now have a purpose. The things you can't attain, you can be content with. Because I know him. And he knows me. He knows my name. He is worthy. That's Palm Sunday. He is worthy. In the lowest, quietest place from nowhere, he's still worthy. In the vast expanse of space, sitting on his throne, governing all of time and history and every soul that would ever breathe and every heartbeat that's ever been and he knows it all and he's over it all there he's worthy and in the lowest spot because that's who he is always worthy there's a song I'd like you to hear many of you might know it and if you don't please read the lyrics but I want you to follow this story And this may or may not get us bumped on Facebook, and I don't care. Love you who are watching online. Thank you for watching with us. Please come to church next week. It's Easter. It's a great day to be together. But this song talks about the worthiness of God and what that means. Let's take a watch. You feel the shadows deepen. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see it all?
you are not carbon-based. You're not sitting in a gym, biding time on a Sunday. You are designed by your Creator who knows your name and has numbered the hairs on your head and believes in you and has called you. And you and I have no right to it. And he does anyway. That's who this God is. That's who entered the city that day. And if you can hold back from that, well, then you are stronger than I. If you're bigger than that, then man, you're bigger than me. Because I can't handle it. He's worthy of everything I could possibly ever bring. And more. All the things. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.